we're doing God in politics and Josh and um, Amy are speaking to us. Josh all the way from London, the, the big city. Um, and Amy Gifford are coming to speak to us on God in politics. So I'm going to pass over to you guys. Cool. I think I'm going first. So yes, I'm Amy. I am a second year. I'm studying international relations. Um, and this week we're talking about God and politics. And it's been pretty pretty quiet year in politics, I'd say. Um, not much going on. So uh, joking. This is exactly why I'm so passionate about um, this topic. <laughs> There's so much to talk about. Um, and even though it can be overwhelming and, you know, a lot sometimes, I think there's a lot. Um, I think God really wants us to engage in politics um, and to kind of learn to do it his way. So yeah, I'm, I'm studying it, but I'm still learning. And I'd love to, you know, I don't know everything at all. Um, and so I'd just love to share some thoughts I've been having about like the kind of theology of politics and government, what God's design for it was, um, you know, where we might have got it wrong. And then like from here, where, how, how do we engage in it? Um, and Josh, um, who's actually an, a real adult out in the real world, is going to kind of um, really like build on that practically, um, which is very exciting. So yeah, just um, a little story to get us started. If you'd asked me four years ago, I would have said, you can't really be a Christian and in politics, um, you kind of have to choose. And um, so in 2016, I somehow ended up at this politics summer camp at an American university. Um, it was the summer of Brexit leading up to the American presidential election. Um, first time I'd been away from home for a long time. Um, and as I stepped onto the campus, I realised like no one knew me. I could kind of, no one knew my story. So I, yeah, anyway, so I saw um, in my three weeks there various like outspoken Christians who were kind of teased and like their political views assumed. And I just thought like, no, I do not need that in my life. I'm here for a fun summer, a bit of politics, you know, maybe me a nice boy, who knows. Anyway, um, I ended up joining in on the teasing of this Christian boy, which I feel bad about to this day. Um, and I just thought it, it was easier to just go along with the teasing, keep my faith on the down low. Um, so yeah, for those three weeks, I kind of pursued politics, which was my new favorite thing. And the thing I wanted to, I knew I wanted to go on and study, but I kind of left my faith behind. Um, the faith that I'd kind of had for my whole life and just kind of left that um, as though it had been all kind of a dream. So I just couldn't for the life of me see how you could be a Bible-believing, spirit-filled Christian involved in politics without kind of being unliked or mocked. So by the grace of God, in the, over the last four years, I feel like God's just shown me that those two things are very possible, um, that you can love God and be engaged in politics. In, in, in many ways, in all ways, we're kind of called to engage politics. Um, so that's a little kind of anecdote to just show, you know, <laughs> Um, I don't know what that shows. It's very weird not being able to see anyone. Um, but yes, so just to dive straight in. Firstly, governments exist because God ordained them to as part of the created order. This is the first thing I want to look at. Governments exist because God ordained them to as part of his created order. So 
first, if we just zoom out, let's not talk about left, right, Labour Conservative, Biden, Trump. We've all been watching the news. You know, what is God's heart for politics and what it was his original design for government? And I think it ultimately goes back to Genesis 1 um, and specifically verse 28. And it says this. Um, God blessed them and said to them, um, this is just after he said, male and female, I created them in my own image, blah, blah, blah. Um, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Now, the Hebrew word, sometimes I like to look a bit, you know, feel a bit nerdy, look up the kind of Hebrew. So the Hebrew word for subdue is kavash, probably going to need to be correct, corrected on that. But um, and that can kind of be translated to like having dominion over, um, like bringing a nation into submission. And I think we've kind of all heard that definition. But as I was researching this, um, I found that that, ver that word kavash is also linked to another verb, rada, rada, I'm not quite sure. And that that is... Um, that has more of a meaning of kind of like descend, um, spread, uh, wander. And so with this in mind, you can kind of have a context of this word subdue in in, in a government sense is to be ruling by, by going down, walking among our subjects as equals, kind of like that idea of like bringing people along with you. And I, I love that kind of um, way of seeing it because it kind of just brings into the focus, brings into focus what the kind of theology of politics is as a Christian um, rather than kind of like subdue which is kind of what I that sometimes that um, that word in that verse can kind of sound like um, so yes firstly government exists exists because God ordained it to as part of the created order it was there before the fall um, and secondly, submission to earthly authorities reflects our submission to God's authority. Now, I was listening to a John Tyson podcast and absolute legend. If you guys haven't checked out his stuff, it's really amazing. Like very of this kind of cultural political moment. And we don't really have time to go into it fully, but Romans 13, absolute whopper, would recommend reading it if you're interested in kind of looking at this further. But I'll read verse one, um, which says, Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no one, uh, for there is no authority except that which God has established. Ooh, so that's what I mean. You know, you hear that and you're like, oh, hello, that's challenging. Um, and I think like amongst Christ amongst believers and non-believers, like politics can become a taboo topic. And, you know, there tend to be two camps of Christians of people who, who don't get involved in it at all and people who get too swept up in it and it kind of becomes their identity. Um, and so in many ways, this Romans verse is like simple, you know, God is sovereign. So we have to submit and trust him and submit to the authorities he places under. But, you know, if you're anything like me, that can also feel really uncomfortable when we're seeing like real world leaders and real world issues. Um, but stick with me I'm gonna I'm gonna go into it a bit more um and so thirdly I think linking key like a kind of key thing that links to that idea of submission to authority is also actually the heavenly perspective of politics is one also of like integrity and accountability um so yes we're called to submit um but that doesn't mean we lose our backbone become obliv oblivious to 
you know, all the injustices we see around the world and, you know, that we don't hold governments to account. That's not at all um, what I think the heavenly perspective of politics is, um, because I, I, I really think it's so OK. It's more than OK. It's needed to have like righteous anger um, about in, injustice and, and um, you know, inaccountability. Um, and I think we're going to explore this a bit more in the social justice talk later um, in the series, which is very exciting. So definitely come along to that. Um, and yeah, I've I've found this a hard hard line to tread. Like we're, we're called to submit, but we we also want to speak up and we want to you know care for the needy and and uh, speak up for the kind of underdog. Um, but at the same time, I, I just to kind of share a bit of my thought, sometimes I think, especially studying international relations, you get so deep into like the theories and like all these kind of theories that none of them are perfect. Like they're all trying to see the world in a, through a specific lens, but none of them is God's. And so none of them are perfect. And so sometimes I've just been like, gosh, don't we just want to be leading people to Jesus? Like, should we just stay quiet, not engage with, in politics? God's sovereign anyway, so kind of who cares? Like, we can just let it tick along and, um, you know. And whilst that's part of that is 100% true, God is 100% sovereign. Um, but then, you know, I guess you could have a whole another talk on this as well, but we see so many figures in the Bible, like Joseph, Nehemiah, um, Esther, Daniel, uh, who are all under political authority that, um, is difficult and is against their um, faith in many ways. Um, but, you know, Joseph, or, uh, Joseph, Daniel, like it's so through God's wisdom that they navigate the kind of circumstances they're in, the authorities that they're kind of trying to submit to, um, like with God's strength and through prayer and perseverance. Um, whilst kind of staying true to the convictions of their faith they're like living in that parallel so I think there's a lot that we can learn from those um kind of stories and if anything that just proves that like you know we are called there are people who are Christians who are called to go into politics um obviously not all of us are but um it's definitely not something we should kind of shy away from um yeah so fourthly Jesus, I'm gonna look at Jesus, that guy. Um, Jesus was political, but never party political. So I'm gonna unpack that. There's actually quite a lot of debate, I was reading about this, about whether Jesus is could be said to be a political figure or not. Um, and I think a lot of it is down to like, the word political has become so negative. A lot of the time, like you hear politics with people rolling their eyes and you just associate it with words like anger and polarization and just disunity and antagonism and all these words that you just kind of think, no, thanks. Um, and actually, it's uh, Justin Welby, the current Archbishop of Canterbury, says this. He says, um, Jesus was never party political. No wing of politics, left or right, can claim God as being on their side. And I think that is so interesting. And it, um, well, personally, that like caused a fundamental shift in my kind of idea of politics of, you know, as we grapple with all these issues and these different perspectives and di like different ways of doing things and different ways of solving the problems of the world, which is basically what politics is. And then people arguing about them. There's no political party that we fit into completely, like 100% if we're going about the father's business. 
And if there is one party that we think, yeah, a thousand percent my allegiance is with them, then we need to question like whether we've actually placed our identity in that rather than being ambassadors for Christ. And that's quite a hefty sentence. So I hope um, that made sense. But um, yeah, basically this idea of like identity, that's not where we want to be finding it in political parties. Um, but rather in God. So yeah, God doesn't have a political party. He defies class and um, political classification. Um, and, you know, our agendas aren't in a, in a given time where the labor agenda is this conservative agenda is that like, that's not our agenda. Um, and I think sometimes the things in the news, you kind of start thinking about, but actually God's agenda is so much broader than that. And it's just sometimes quite helpful to remember that. Um, so yeah just going to look a little bit about how Jesus um we've done kind of some deep theology uh, well not deep deep for me anyway um so why don't we look at Jesus how deep how he deals with this big political question in Mark 12 um it's just it's it's a bit of a long bit so I'm just going to kind of paraphrase and um read one verse but here Jesus is confronted um by the Pharisees about whether Jews should pay taxes to Caesar um or not uh, so living Roman Empire, you know, the money would have been basically used to oppress the Jews. And Jesus replies this, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. So what's happening here? As as they often did, I think the Pharisees were setting a trap for Jesus. And on one hand, like if he answered yes, they'd call him a heretic and it would sound like he'd been sold on this Roman ideology. Um, but if he answers no, then he'd be seen as some kind of insurrectionist declaring war on Rome practically. Um, but actually Jesus says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And then it specifically says after that, um, and they were amazed at him. And I just love that. It's like mic drop moment um, when Jesus gets a bit sassy, a bit like, yeah, come on. Um, <laughs> he's He's kind of throwing this question right back at them. Like, whose world do you think this is? Like, is Caesar God or, or, or is God God? Am I God? You know, um, he's saying pay, pay your taxes, um, but remember that God is sovereign. And so, yeah, we're called to respect authorities on earth and that can be really hard, but ultimately we're called to submit ourselves. That's our money, our time, our desires, our plans, you know, fill in the blank, anything, all to him, because, you know, it's his anyway, as this verse says. Um, and so again, like this, this just shows if, if, if we needed convincing that, um, you know, if we're wanting to follow, follow the way of Jesus, I think this shows that he didn't avoid politics. And so, you know, um, some, you know, we, we shouldn't as well. Um, and I think Josh is going to um, talk a bit more about that. Um, so yeah, we talked about God's design for politics, where we've gone wrong. Hopefully it's been coherent and you've been able to kind of follow along my thoughts. Um, but like, what now? How can we participate in this crazy thing that is politics? And um, yeah, I just, before I finish, um, just again, want to say a little thing that John Tyson said, because um, that it really kind of wowed me. And so he says the first thing in approaching politics um, as a Christian is that we have to approach it with this eschatological hope. 
Now that is, so that's hope that makes no sense to the world. That's hope for the present in light of what we know about our future with Jesus, if that makes sense. Um, some theology students are definitely probably shaking their heads, but I can't see you. So um, you'll have to take my word for it. We'll look it up afterwards. But that's basically what es- eschatological is. Crazy hope. Not being too excited or too broken hearted about um you know, the political happenings of the world. Um, And I think this is exactly what Jesus had. He had vision. He was radically revolutionary in the way he even answered questions um, and like was kind of critically thinking. And I think that's really something that we can um, learn from. Um, So yeah, ultimately I think, you know, we're, whether, whether it's politics or arts or, education you know this this series is so cool it's ultimately how can we participate in what god's doing in like bringing order out of chaos and uh like this is a also a john tyson little thing that i heard um you know humans how can we bring order out of chaos and help human beings to thrive and reflect the glory of god it's like those three things and i think that just speaks to the kind of um the the idea that we're all different parts of the same body you know next week we're talking about education last week science we're going to have people in all different fields and that's so exciting um and yeah we're ultimately all called to reflect the glory of god um on earth wherever we're placed so those are my little thoughts um and i think i'm going to hand over to josh richards thanks amy that was really great um I'm Josh, for uh, those of you that don't know me. Um, I feel a bit weird and a bit sad being invited as a guest, um, but anyway. Um, I studied PPE at uni, um, so the classic politician's degree, as you might say. Um, and I'm currently on something called the Care Leadership Programme. So for those of you that don't know, Care is um, a social policy charity, it's Christian. Um, they lobby government on issues like um, abortion, assisted suicide, modern day slavery, free speech, uh, marriage and family. There's quite a lot there. Um, they also have a leadership program, which is separate. Um, and I say it's separate because I don't have to like lobby for them. They basically have this separate arm of the charity, which is just to invest in young Christians who uh, are interested in politics. Um, who have a passion um, for kind of looking at society's problems and serving God in that sphere. So somehow they accepted me. Um, I'm doing quite a varied placement. Um, So I'm working for an MP who's basically the Church of England's rep in the Commons. So kind of getting a bit of church, bit of politics, which is cool. Um, Also for like a consultant for... um, one day and then also a counsellor in the city of London so I'm kind of getting quite a lot of exposure which is just such a blessing um, especially with um, new, not much experience coming out of uni and then on a Friday we receive um, lots of uh, teaching uh, some core and applied theology um, which is just so brilliant and helpful and you know a question like this uh, and this kind of series is something that we really Uh, talk about a lot on a Friday so um, I'm loving it so when Rich asked me to do this talk um, I noticed that he asked me the question how do we do politics in Britain today 
and I think that was like it was really important that he said that rather than what um, should we do in, in politics today? And I think we're, we're so good at asking that question. You know, what party do I vote for? What cause should I support? But actually, I want to suggest that um, the how question is at least equally important. I just want to read you a quote from this man called Francis Schaeffer. Um, he was an American theologian, philosopher and pastor. Um, so, yeah, not a bad resume. He said, when you do not do the Lord's work in the Lord's way, then you're not doing the Lord's work. I'll say that again. When, when you do not do the Lord's work in the Lord's way, then you don't do the Lord's work. And I think we can talk about the content so much and God really cares about what we pour our energy into. He cares about obviously issues of justice. He's the most just God. Um, but I kind of just wanted to look more at um, kind of how we can have a healthy approach to the issue of politics from a Christian perspective. And just a few nuggets from what I've learned from my placements. So the first is um, that we should, as Christians, approach politics with grace or graciousness. And I don't know about you, um, sometimes I can get quite frustrated with some of the opinions that I express in Parliament or on someone's Facebook page. Like we all know a Karen, don't we? Um, we've a, a Christian Karen, uh, even worse. Um, but John 1.14 tells us that Jesus dwelt among us full of grace and truth. Now, Jesus had every reason to assert his wisdom, of course. But he never lorded it over people. And he actually had quite um, radical uh, sort of commands when it comes to dealing with people that he disagreed with, that who, who evidently didn't have the truth. He said we should love our enemies. He said we should bless those who persecute us, let alone disagree with us. And like it's something that I'm totally still learning. Um, it's quite hard to see opinions being raised especially in parliament that gain traction that are like really like not in line with god's uh will and god's ways but actually i think being full of grace along with being full of truth and integrity goes such a long way it you, I, i'm surprised by the number of christians that have so much respect in the house of commons and they seem to be so authentic um and most of all it's it's the way of jesus um, and I think the way of Jesus is very countercultural. I, I think um, this sort of attitude of graciousness and, and sort of um, reasonable disagreement is quite uncommon, um, even on social media. And I think we can be really countercultural and really communicate God's heart towards those who are in disagreement with him by showing grace to people. So that's something that I've picked up in the workplace. The second point uh, kind of echoes uh, some stuff that Amy says, so I just want to kind of like build on it. We should we should interact with politics with the right expectations of parties and ideas. Um, so there's a lot of great ideas out there, and and um, you know parties and ideologies they like communicate a lot of God's heart. So for example, conservatives they love the family. God loves the family. Labour have a great record of defending minorities and dignity, and God absolutely loves that. But as Amy said, they're not perfect. And contrary to what they might say, they can't save us. 
And I think in the media we see, uh, or in speeches, we see a lot of this rhetoric, don't we? I don't know if anyone watched Joe Biden's inauguration yesterday. There was quite a lot of talk about basically like turning America around and like say healing the land and saving everything. And not like, don't get me wrong, Joe's a breath of fresh air, I love him. But I think we need to be careful in our expectations of what these parties and ideologies can achieve. You know, if we're not careful, we can make an idol out of something um, and, and kind of substitute it for God. Um, I think we need to remember that we, whatever we choose in politics, whatever cause we promote, uh, cause we support or promote, whatever party we vote for, they are a fallen world option. Um, and we, we can't get sucked into thinking that it's anything more than that. The great thing though, is that by Christians getting involved in politics and interacting with these issues, we can actually provide a unique perspective um, we can come and pick out the gold that we do see in the parties, for instance, you know, the stuff that I mentioned, or we can kind of show, you know, from a position of humility, come and say what God says about that um, and kind of provide some some direction and, and be the influence that God calls us to be. So, to, yeah, to conclude that point, God is hidden in the parties um, and he's hidden in, in all of politics because God's glory is everywhere. But mess is also everywhere because we're in a fallen world. So we, we, we need to make sure that we've got that balance right in our expectations. OK, now with the issue of politics, I also think we can think, OK, great. That's like for some people. But like maybe the mention of politics just almost makes you like switch off a bit. But I think there's an important lesson that we can learn uh, just by looking at politics. So one thing I've noticed from my placements is um, basically people, th everyone thinks that it's someone else's role to make a difference. So for, for instance, the public will say, oh, you know, the, it's the MPs, they make the real difference. But then I'm chatting to my MP and he goes, oh, you know, if you're not a minister, there's only so much you can do. And then the ministers go, oh, well, you know, if you're not the prime minister or his team, you know, I'm just, I'm just a yes man. And I think, this attitude that it's always someone else misses the, the truth that we all have influence over somebody and we all have unique skills that are given by God to make a difference in our sphere of influence. Um, I think to, to think that it's just politicians who have power uh, overshoots the power that uh, politicians actually have. Um, you can't make a society godly, you can't make a society moral. Um, and so I think, yeah, like the Bible tells us that society's biggest problem is sin and their biggest need is a savior. And we all have that message wherever we are. Um, we can't miss the opportunities. I just, I like this quote from um, a guy called James Davison Hunter. And he wrote a book called To Change the World that I studied on my care program. He said, Discussions of political power focus attention on those people and structures with whom the average person has little to do. The kingdoms of this world include politics and economics, of course, but they also include every sphere of social authority and influence that form the realities of everyday, everyday life for most people. So I think while some people are definitely called to politics and we need Christians in politics, politicians can have 
multiplying impacts on so many parts of our society. We, we all have um, a better story to tell and we can all be an influence on the people around us. So for you, that might be in your, in your uni society. That's a small little political institution. It might be an audience for a blog that you write about, you know, matters of culture, matters of society or politics. How, you know, how can you faith, faithfully serve God there? It might be that you're trying to serve people in a campaign that you run or maybe in your future job. You can share God's heart for society and politics through that just as much. And so I just want to conclude by saying that whatever you do, whether you're called to sort of high level politics or whether you go somewhere that's a bit lower down, you know, in, in, in a sphere, if you like, I want to encourage you to ask the Lord to like, help you to serve faithfully there um, and for the sake of his kingdom. That's all for me. So good. Thanks so much, Josh. Um, yeah, so that's so much given, like both of you guys have given us so much to think about, especially I think it's a topic that we don't often talk about either. So yeah, it's really helpful. Um, really great wisdom to think on um yeah so now the last couple, few minutes um of essence we just thought we would open it up to the floor and if anyone's got any questions um react any questions for josh any questions for amy about politics or uh, yeah anything. i'd like to ask something please Freddie. go for it mate how do we, maybe this is particularly aimed at Josh, um, but obviously we as Christians have our own set of views and life standards and we live life the way that um, we feel God tells us to live. Um, how do we strike a balance between living our lives how God wants us to live and yet not imposing and enforcing that upon other people, especially if you're making decisions in politics? How do you balance your views versus what you want society to be? To be honest, um i think it's interesting they use the word like it um you know we have this view of what we think a godly society looks like um and there's a there's a lot in us that wants us you know we talk about god's kingdom coming and we want that just to invade everywhere um but i think like we need to remember like i i've been learning about uh, Jesus's view on power and if you remember what he says he says that actually like you know power looks like coming as a child and 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 serving and not like imposing from above and so in some ways we shouldn't expect um that like we're going to be this sort of like domineering like our worldview is going to like dominate and fill um, our society I think there's maybe a bit of that attitude over in the states where like the Christian right feel like they've lost they've lost ground that is rightfully theirs and the kingdom is retreating because you know society's turning away and you know we need to like reclaim that and and try and kind of impose our view of things so I'd say I I think that's like that's not the approach that we should be taking in terms of like how we interact with others when we're making decisions though I think we just need to like drawing on what what I was saying like we need to make sure that we're like respectful but that we we use like the um the persuasive skills that God's given us to exp you know he's given us biblical foundation we just need to be faithful to what he says 
um, and, and and just lo like love the person. But um, I don't think we, I think we need to acknowledge that we are in quite limited. Uh, we are in the minority. We are in quite limited um, space. So we need to be limited in terms of our expectations. I think sometimes, but pray that God can can open doors for sure. So a bit of a rambly answer. It's, it's a it's a good question. Can I ask a question? If if that verse about like God is in in politics and basically like no one's in power who's not ordained in power um, for whatever reason, like how much do then Christians kind of fight against? what's in power because like you want to because there's obviously people in power who are like doing things that are, like a huge injustices um so yeah how do you like how do you sit there and go okay well god's got a plan for this so or do you fight and like try and get them not in power i think um sorry amy were you gonna say something you go okay um I think actually it's like it's important to note out for that verse there's a, like a couple of interpretations so one is that um the people themselves in authority are like instituted by god and um, the other is that that the the authority so like the position of authority the title is instituted by god um and i guess if you were to take the latter view then you know you it would be weird to say, oh, you know, like God's put that unjust person in there. I think that, I think, um, you know, we, we have free will, voters have free will. Um, I, I'm reminded of the verse where it says that God, um, what, um, you know, brings about good, um, you know, in all circumstances and um, you know, whatever the verse is. Um, and I think it's more, I'd say it's more that way around that God's, um, God can bless people who are actually like not good leaders. Um, but I'd say the position of government, as Amy was saying earlier, is the one that is 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 anointed. I have a question which maybe they could maybe you could both kind of answer. Um, it's kind of a simple question from the point of view of a um, someone who obviously politics is important, it's important for all of us, but I'm not going to get into politics per se. Um, but how do I decide which way to vote? I'm guessing you guys have both, you've both voted, I think, I can't remember when the most recent election was, um, but maybe Amy, you could start off with that one. How do you decide which way to vote? Yeah, I was thinking about this because I think I've definitely known Christians in, in, like Christians in my life who have kind of just said, oh, you know, I'll just go to the um, polling booth and you know holy spirit just direct my pen to the box you you know and i don't think that's like i mean i think that's one way of doing it and i'm, I'm not limiting you know the holy spirit i think definitely um that is a huge part in it i think i guess it depends your on your kind of interest in it and and kind of what sphere you're in i think there's a there is a whole i think the the key thing of like critical thinking I think is also really like the gospel doesn't kind of negate that so I think that is that's a kind of key part of you know using the resources we've been given to educate ourselves but as Josh said like we have free will ultimately and I, th I think my personal um, view I don't really mind saying this is 
like I I don't want to be kind of wedded and I don't know if I'm gonna I don't know what I'm gonna end up doing doing when I'm older but I think um I don't want to be kind of narrow-minded in like I will never vote for that party or I will never vote for that party um because I think then that starts becoming like you know my name is Amy I'm this age I'm from here and I vote blah and I don't think that should be in our kind of um you know kind of introduction and that shouldn't be in our kind of like list of attributes <laughs> like obviously um so it's a really hard one and I think it's kind of also a weird thing because people don't really talk about you know you don't really ask people who they vote for necessarily but um I don't know if that was was anything but um a mixture of yeah asking holy spirit also being critically thinking like um using the resources that we have and actually um yeah kind of at the end of all of that you know god is in control and there isn't um as josh said you know biden coming in to be president he's not gonna he's not the savior of america in many ways it's going to be good for america and then and there's always a kind of like other side so i think it's it's just good to you know see that and then i guess you just have to you just have to pick i don't know if josh has anything more distinct not probably <laughs> um yeah so like i guess i'd start by saying there's there's no christian way to vote at all um there's absolutely sound christians on both sides of like the commons um, and the lords I think I'd maybe say two things. Um, like, but like all, all the parties are committed to say fighting poverty and stuff, but they might have different ways of going about that. And that's where I think it's fine to bring in your opinion and your uh, like even academia and stuff to, to, to like actively think about, okay, like practically how can we deliver, how can we use God steward God's resources for that end? Um, you might think, oh, like we need the government to be bigger to do that. But you might think, oh, like I think it's done this way. That's not, that's not saying, oh, the opposing party, you know, terrible aims. You're just saying, oh, I think it's actually slightly better done this way. And that's why I'm going to vote for this party. So um, that's one thing I'd say. And then two, I'd maybe look at the direction that party's heading. So a lot of it's contextual. So if you're worried about the leadership of a party, for example, and you think that it's maybe heading in a way that it is perhaps perhaps dangerous or you you don't your your values don't align with, then I would maybe just like reconsider voting for them. Um, but yeah, I would yeah like pray pray earnestly about it. I sometimes struggle because um, I'm not particularly party political. Like I could see myself voting for both, um, depending on you know where we find ourselves. But um, yeah, that's probably what I'd say. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming and sharing and dealing with questions which are coming out of nowhere. And I would love to just say a prayer for us as we go out um, into our week. Yeah, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for all that we have heard um, from Josh and from Amy. Um, and thank you for all the Christians that are in politics at the moment. And Jesus, we just pray your blessing on them right now. And we thank you that you are sovereign. We thank you that you are in control and that we, we don't need to fear because our trust is in you and that you 
yeah, you just hold us and are totally in control of it all. And um, I just pray that we would be able to serve faithfully where we are um, and that, Lord, you would be, yeah, mulling over what we've heard tonight um, in our hearts over the next kind of week as we kind of grapple with politics and you and um, and how we kind of fit our place in it. So Lord, bless us as we go into our week. Um, yeah, amen.